Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today on CityCast Portland, we're talking about Mayor Ted Wheeler's proposed daytime camping crackdown on city property, Westland's new Gen Z mayor, and the voting out of conservative members from suburban school boards. Joining us on this week's Friday News Roundup is Willamette Week reporter and host of the Dive podcast, Brianna Wheeler, and our very own audio producer, Julia Fiaioni. It's Friday, May 19th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Brianna, Julia, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having us. <laughs> uh, well, Brianna, uh, I, you might remember from the last time you were here, uh, I usually start off with a question at the top. So everyone knows who's listening, like who's in the room and and what to expect <laughs> Love it. from each of us. Um, so my question this morning is if you had to choose one patio uh, in Portland that you could only hang out like the entire summer, like this is going to be your patio for the summer, which one would it be? And I'll let you guys think about it for a second. I'm going to give a very obvious answer um, that most people who know me would just say it's going to be this one. Um, I don't even know if the patio has a name, but it's a, the garrison <laughs> is the bar that is two, like a block away from me and I would walk to. Um, and I'm go- going to walk to pretty much every day in the summer and just hang out in the patio there. And that's where Pasificho de Oro is also hanging out. Mm. You know, they, they serve food there. So that's my choice because I'm very lazy. Also, <laughs> it's excellent. It is an excellent patio. I totally thought you were going to say, before you said, I'm going to spend every day of the summer there. I, I thought that sentence was going to, and I'm going there right after we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is hot. I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, well, they're not open. It would just be me alone in that patio pre-gaming like a weird, like I just graduated from high school and I'm still hanging out in the parking lot drunk. Just bringing your own drinks. <laughs> just Yeah, I'm just like, hey guys, I used to play football here. <laughs> just like, go home, Claudia. I used to play football uh, at the patio. <laughs> yeah, get, go home. So what, what are your patios? <laughs> um, I would say... First one that came to mind was um, Roadside Attraction on oh, Southeast yeah. Taylor. It's the first, one of the first bars actually that I went to when I moved to Portland. So it's something that I have like nostalgic fond memories for. But I just love the way that the patio is set up with these little like red lit nooks. Feels intimate, but also oh, like yeah. communal in this way. It is a cash only place. So if you're thinking of going, keep that in mind. But uh, I just really love that spot. Also, they're, I like their jukebox. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That place is awesome. I love that place. Well, if there's just one patio that I have, that this is the patio for the summer, then I have to go to the Solera Brewery, which I'm so sorry to tell you is just outside of Portland. It's on the south side of Mount Hood. And it's it's a little bit of a drive, you know, to get up to Parkdale, where this is. I don't know, like 
40 minutes maybe. But it's this little tiny town. It very much feels like in the middle of nowhere, but it's like right at the foot of Mount Hood. So it is like being in a house in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nothing, in a beautiful, um, what do you call it, like a beautiful pasture. And then Mount Hood is just right there. You're just looking right at its face. It's so gorgeous. Mm. It's so gorgeous. Oh, it's so, you know, I just Googled it because I was like, I've never heard of this place. And the first picture that came up was like this artistic shot that someone did uh, of their beer you know, in focus <laughs> while the, the mountain is out of focus. And it's like they're cheering the mountain, you know, but the wrong thing is in focus. I'm like, I don't want to see your beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but that looks lovely. And I want to go there. Cool. Well, uh, thank you, guys. Excellent answers. Julia, I felt like yours was like a throwback to our um, best dive bars mm -hmm. in Portland conversation. If you guys want to know about the best dive bar conversations, we have talked about it and it is in our back catalog. Anyhow, this week, a lot of, uh, I feel like headlines were taken over by, of course, elections because we mm. had, uh, you know, kind of a mid-election cycle that ended this week. So I'm curious about uh, your headlines, what you've chosen, what stories really stuck out to you. Uh, Brianna, you want to start us off? Yes, I would love to chat about what our mayor's problem with houseless people is. Um, Anthony Effinger reports for Willamette Week uh, this week that Mayor Ted Wheeler, which I just got to tell you guys, no relation. I don't know him. We are not related. It's just a popular last name. Your cousin, Mayor Ted Wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> my uncle, my uncle daddy, my uncle daddy, Ted Wheeler. <laughs> All right. So uh, Mayor Wheeler wants to, he's got this new proposition. He wants to ban camping on city property, which is not, it's not new. Like this has been his, he's been waving this flag for a while. But now this new initiative wants, he's going to ban camping on city property from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And the effort is meant to, uh, kind of sweep out the permanent tent clusters and like the kind of structures that are being built around the city. Um, so part of the proposal requires unsheltered people uh, be prohibited from camping at any time, day or night, near schools, daycare centers, and other shelter sites. And they're going to put that, or he's going to put that vote to the city council um, by the end of this month. Um, this initiative, this this is all tangled up in House Bill 3115, which was Tina Kotek's baby when she was the House Speaker. Um, now it's passed in 2021, and it requires local laws about sitting, lying, and sleeping on public property to be objectively reasonable as to time, place, and manner with regards to persons experiencing homelessness. Um, so Tina wanted to make sure that all of these cities weren't just straight up criminalizing homelessness. Um, without offering, well, she didn't want it criminalized, period. But she also wanted to make sure that alternatives were being offered uh, for shelter. I'm not, I'll be honest, Brianna. I've, I've I read through it and I'm not mad at this. Yeah. I, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it because it's not just like, hey, uh, don't put up tents in areas that, you, that are going to obstruct businesses or like private property of sense, like your house mm -hmm. or a, a sidewalk. But it's also like, how about you don't leave behind trash or feces? I feel like that's a minimal ask. Yeah. Like, I feel like no one should have the right to poop on this, on the sidewalk <laughs> and leave it there. <laughs> 
But I know there's more than that. But when I saw that, I want you to know that the little conservative part of my heart that I'm sure exists in all of us grew. <laughs> grew two sizes. Like, <laughs> double. <laughs> grew to Grinch proportions. Oh, I was like, oh, Lord. could that be a thing we don't have to deal with? Because what do you need from me? <laughs> I, I'm happy to do that, too. So I'm sorry, Brienne. I, I know you have more to say. Take it away. But I'm just letting you know <laughs> that I'm quietly like, oh, she's going to hate me in like five minutes. Four, three, two. Like, how dare you? How dare you even? <laughs> why, why could you think like, how, 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 Claudia? <laughs> No, I get it. I I get it too because I don't want to step in human shit when I'm taking my mental health walks during the day. But I also or children as they're walking to school. Totally, yeah. I have a kid who now I walk. Yeah, I, I totally get that. But I also see a city that's just like, hey, don't shit on the street. No, it's your problem. Find a place. Find mm -hmm. a clean, suitable place to shit. Don't talk to me about it. Don't tell me about it. And I will provide you with nothing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where my mind is. The response that the Wheeler team had, um, you know was that, hey, we actually are building the outdoor shelter that has been, of course, under a lot of scrutiny. Oh, yeah. Um, that is the thinking. Because, like, as you said, Tina Kotek was basically like, hey, if you're going to enact these rules, you have to provide alts, right? Yeah. So I think what they're doing right now is the city is going, okay, what can we get away with mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very that loud. is considered humane, part of that rule? And then the whole point is, okay, cool, now you have to you know, provide options. And yeah. I think that's why they're preparing this is because they're going to be able to answer that Yeah, it, in their minds like this. Is it going to be an, a, a suitable solution? We don't know. Yeah. You know, if, is it, I mean, does it suck to think that people who like, cause I'm thinking I'm homeless and someone's like, Hey, between eight and 8 PM, you got to carry your entire world on yeah. your back mm -hmm. or wherever that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you what you're saying. You're just like, this feels draconian. I agree. It does feel draconian. But I'm hoping that this kind of like activates the other like the other parts of Portland who are just like, well, this is a solution then. Like, yeah. all right. You know, because I feel mm -hmm. like someone needs to push hard enough for there to be another pushback. And I feel then it, it goes somewhere somewhere in the happy middle. Yeah. You know, is fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. You know, um, I appreciate what you're saying. And I think... The one thing that really gets me is that when it comes to the houseless crisis, it always seems like we're taking away resources before we give them to create that push. And mm, that's where the issue lies for me. Why can't it be the other way around? It almost feels yeah. like um, that's what we lean on. And my question is, where do city officials expect people to go during the day like you brought up? Because the shelter system as well kicks people out. Um, after the evening mm -hmm. hours. So there are these um, realities that people will have to exist in where things are even more uncomfortable um, from some pretty ridiculous circumstances as it is in terms of comfort um, or lack thereof. And I don't know if they hope that people will go and start being productive with their time because they won't have an encampment, you know? Like, what is this, like, imaginary reality they're picturing with forcing people out of their homes yeah. during the day? Like, it's not just going to yeah. spark some, like, oh, you know, 
I'm going to go do this thing now that's going to fix all my problems. I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to go get <laughs> exactly. a job. Exactly. I'm going to I'm going to go find therapy. Exactly. I'm going to You know what? I'm going to kick this drug habit. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying because it's that's just not what's going to happen. Like where are the resources, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Something that gets left out of this conversation quite often is that a lot of the people that are experiencing houselessness do go to work every day. Mm-hmm. They leave their tent mm-hmm. villages behind, they leave them empty and they go to work every day. That's the thing too. What I'm seeing is that a lot what's going to happen is City Council is going to vote on this this um, camping ban initiative, and it's it's going to go through because that's the City Council that we have right now. And everyone's going to well, houseless individuals are going to be rounded up. Oh, sounds so crusty and creepy and gross, but they will be pushed into one of these safe rest Wheeler villages. You know, he's, he's got mm-hmm. these these campsites. So he, he, there is one which is southeast Powell area, like Powell and Thirteenth. Um, and that area is run by a company that has done this in, oh gosh, I think Los Angeles and some other large metropolitan area. Um, it's called Urban Alchemy. Mm-hmm. So they come through and yep. they run that safe rest village. So uh, theoretically, I'm thinking that Ted is thinking that this is going to solve this problem in such a, their stuff will be safe. They'll be able to come and go as they please. They'll be able to access services. They'll be able to access mental health services. They'll be able to access job finding services. All of these things that are lacking for them now. Whether that happens or not remains to be seen. And this Mm -hmm. is where all Mm -hmm. of the like fingernail biting and pearl clutching comes in. Because I have, I'm in a neighborhood where I have seen my own neighbors lose their homes, move into Mm -hmm. an RV and go live on Columbia Boulevard. Mm -hmm. So I, I, it's not like I have that much of a dog in the fight, but I do feel like I might be watching my own neighbors get rounded up. And I want the best for them, too. So this kind of like my call to action for Portlanders is to eyes open, eyes open, y'all. At the end of the month, let's see how this plays out and see if this is right for our community or if we can be doing better by our community. There's no shelter beds open. There's no mental health beds open. Mm-hmm. And these are real issues, like the issue of providing services before taking them away, like Julia stated. Um like, those things really need to be addressed. So, wait and see. We're looking. <laughs> well, not only that, Brianna, I, I agree. Everything that you said, I'm like, just so you know. Everyone listening, just so you know, I agree with Brianna. So, <laughs> <laughs> so don't you at me. Um, but, like, it came out that um, in the first, like, six months, the county has spent less than half its budget. <gasps> I know. Uh, for homeless service money it's that it was wild. given, that it was given, and so to me that it it doesn't build confidence no. in that <laughs> yeah. the county and the city are going to be using the resources that the state is going to give them or that you know they're getting from different funds. Um, so yeah, that I understand why we have to keep an eye out. Yeah. The fa- I mean, just that that fact. I'm like, you had all the money. What could you have done with that money? Mm-hmm. Because it's not just like an, an an eyesore or a blight or whatever. It's like these are real people, human lives that like you could be bettering with that money, doing something. Yeah. It's becoming a us versus them because it's like. Almost like how we're getting pitted against each other. It is very that. It is very mm-hmm. much that. And these are our neighbors. And these are, for any yeah. of us, unless you've got a billion dollars in the bank, we are one or two tragedies from being there ourselves, which is mm-hmm. something that we all need to be keeping in mind. We can't let, we can't let these fools pit us against each other. Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. strong together. I'm going to, I'm going to, y'all want to hear me go off? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Brianna's like one <laughs> one statement away from ripping off her shirt like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> 
I feel like before we move on, I just feel we can all agree that people shouldn't be pooping on the street. That's all, you know. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you guys do this too. After living in a few different cities, I almost have like a certain way I walk now on sidewalks where like half my vision's looking to the ground to make sure I'm not stepping in shit and my other half of vision is looking in front of me. There's like a poop walk. That's no way to live. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Look, man, I'm not a Republican <laughs> over here. But I'm just saying, wouldn't it be nice? Yeah, a pot to piss in. Yeah. Uh, Okay, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, more headlines of the week. Hey, it's John from CityCast Portland. Let's face it, sometimes bad stuff happens. A serious injury, a catastrophic accident, even a wrongful death. It can really turn your world upside down. And when it does, you deserve unwavering support from a dedicated team. Yeah, you need a lawyer. Diamore Law Group has over 30 years of experience protecting the rights of Oregonians. Their team of skilled attorneys, led by the renowned trial lawyer Tom Diamore, will work tirelessly to make sure your voice is heard and your rights are protected. Here's what one of his clients said. Tom fights for his clients from the first day they meet him through the last day of trial. So if you need help holding those responsible for your injuries accountable, contact Diamore Law Group at 503-222-6333 or visit diamorelaw.com to schedule a free consultation. They're committed to fighting for the justice and compensation you deserve right here in Portland. Julia, what's your story? Okay, so... What caught your eye? This week, Rory Bielostowski, who's 23, was voted in as the mayor of West Lynn. So he was, before this, the interim mayor when um, former mayor Jules Waters resigned after winning election to the Oregon House of Representatives. Um, But he's 23. He was, before that... um, elected as city council in 2020 at the age of 21 and was sitting as council president before becoming intern mayor and now mayor. So he's not anyone that people are unfamiliar with at this point. Um, but I myself, I'm 24 years old and I'm, I'm trying to picture what it would feel like to become the mayor of West Lynn. Before I get into it, I just want to hear both of your initial reactions to that and how each of you would feel having a 23-year-old mayor <laughs> Right now, <laughs> um, Ice Town, <laughs> Ice Town, anyone? Exactly. <laughs> oh my God! I mean, ever since I heard he took over interim, uh, I was like, Ice Town, Ice Town, Ice Town. For those who have, do not have not watched Parks and Rec, it's a running joke that one of the characters became mayor of their small town when they were eighteen and dunked the entire like <laughs> city by by putting a large, like basically all of their budget against this like ice recreational space where everyone <laughs> could play hockey and ice skate. It was called Ice Town and he was then called Ice Clown because <laughs> he Ew. ruined that city. <laughs> and every time he went back, he basically got tar and feathered. So I love that you brought up Ice Town because one of his um, campaign initiatives was building an indoor recreation center that includes pickleball courts. So we are inching inching into Ice Town territory, so you're not wrong. <laughs> Well, isn't he also trying to do like something with our waterfront? Yes, there he he wants to start construction on a new riverfront area in the community. 
I mean, it's feeling a little ice toast. <laughs> pickleball town. He's building pickleball town. He's feeling it's going to be pickle town. Pickle town, yep. Look, I, town. I, I, I'm sorry. I feel like we're trashing this man. Because also, also just like, how does someone trust a 23-year-old to be their mayor? And Westland isn't like some little bumpkin town. Mm-hmm. They have money. Yeah. Well, he's been like a figure in city politics for quite some time when he was in high school uh, class of 2018, his first appearance in city council was when he was advocating for more street parking around the high school, uh, which he was successful in doing. And then not too long after that, he actually sued a previous city council president for withholding public records, and he represented himself in uh, county wow. court. So A little upstart. Yeah. <laughs> so he's been at it for a while. But his platform was more parking. And of course, Westland was like, yeah. <laughs> Around the high school, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm not anti-Rory. You sound awesome, sir. I'm just, I'm just pro Ice Town. <laughs> well, I don't, I, I really, I want to make fun of him so bad. But just because he's so, yeah, and the Ice Town thing, but. Like, how extraordinary must this person be to have been elected and to have gotten such a young start in politics, too? And Mm -hmm. honestly, like, these fools in in City Hall, like, they're acting like it's high school. They're in here beefing Mm -hmm. like it's high school, being petty like Mm -hmm. it's high school. So why not? Mm -hmm. Why not bring some young kid in and, you know, let's show him what high school's like in, um, in the 2020s instead of, like, these 70 year olds acting like it's. You know, it's a, a cute to be petty and shitty. Um, so I, you know, and also I think that younger generation, um, I'm in my 40s. So I'm looking at like a 20 year old and I'm seeing like, like good for you for snatching the power back for seeing, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what is, what was his platform besides the pickleball arena on the waterfront? Yeah. So he did speak a lot about uh, unfair tolling on Interstate 205, which makes a lot of sense for Westland because of where it's located. Um, they could be seeing a lot of tolls in their near future. Um, but outside of that, I do want to touch on your point on who he ran against. So his opponent was, uh, Bill Riea, and sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but he was 67 years old and a 22 year resident of West Lynn, but Rory won 80% of the vote in this election. So oh my he gosh. Blew out of Isn't that insane? I think that's awesome. I'm mm-hmm. I'm so proud. I think that's fucking awesome. It wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a fluke. Yeah. Like people were just like, oh, maybe Rory. They're like, Rory for sure. I mean, to be honest, in Gen Z we trust. Like I as, <laughs> legit. As, yeah. As, 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 as like a really old millennial, I'm just like, oh, come on, babies, let's do this thing. You, you take it. See, I'm almost thinking, um, because I'm 24, I'm especially skeptical of him. You'd think I'd be supportive. Mm-hmm. I'm skeptical because I can't think of something I'd want to do less as a job right now than be a mayor of a town mm. in Oregon. It just sounds exhausting, and it doesn't yeah. sound like something that um, I'd want to start my 20s doing, you know? So I'm like, what kind of a creature is this guy? <laughs> like, he got to be a very <laughs> exactly. specific well, kind yeah. of person. <laughs> that's, a, that's exactly what I'm saying. If anyone listening is from Westland, uh, one, we're sorry. We're just like, we're just joking around here, you know? Uh, but... Uh, could you just tell us, like, why, Rory? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to defend him. We just want to know, like, uh, we really want to know, like, wh- what is it about this about this young man that is just, like, just blowing everyone out of the water uh, politically in your uh, 
in your district. Like, I want to know. Um, before we move on, I just want to uh, wish uh, Mayor Rory, you know, a wonderful rain. That's <laughs> and like good luck, seriously, because yeah. actually the pickleball and the in a in a riverfront would be pretty awesome, and I think it would bring people to Westland because the last anyone heard of Westland was that like crazy deputy sheriff that was like sexually assaulting people and arresting um, people for like vendettas. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys remember. Sorry to bring that up, Westland, but that's the last. The last thing I heard about of you was was that guy. But hey, Rory's Rory's got it under control. Yeah, he can take care of it all for us. Mm -hmm. Well, um, my story kind of is is a little bit connected to yours because it it has the youths having their say, of course, with a lot of support. But um, have you been following the election results this week at all? Oh yes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. So um, the Oregonian reported on just the election results of several school boards. Hmm. And in them, Oregon, like it usually does, bucked the national trend. Uh, these are the, rep the reporters that were following this were, of course, Julia Silverman, who's their educational reporter, and Sammy Edge. Um, but overall, candidates who had strongly supportive conservative ideologies, like having parents with zero teaching experience dictate the curriculum or banning books or not teaching any kind of sex ed at all, they all lost their races in, in the Portland suburbs and beyond. And this hasn't been the case in most of the country. Like, book bannings are like, legit happening you can't say gay you can't i mean you know you've heard the the news and that was kind of leaking into you know places like newburgh and canby like canby full-on banned books and there was such an uproar from not only the student body but um it created this like storm of uh, left-leaning organizations like local teachers unions who were just like, how about we teach? Yeah. Um, and Democratic County committees and and even even like Planned Parenthood and Basic Rights Oregon joined the fight. So mm. it is like just a standard tale of like the old adage of like, if ye fucketh around, <laughs> you findeth out. Do you know what I mean? Because Newberg actually was like, you cannot put up any yeah. uh, uh, pride flags. You can't put up anything that is BLM, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter. You can't put any sign that uh, that that shows that other than a straight ma white man exists in this world. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you can't show us another worldview because it's political. Mm -hmm. And they got kind of shut down, like, from national money. <laughs> went into these towns and just like boop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Hillsborough, Beaverton, North Clackamas, Newburgh, and Canby lost a lot of their like most of their conservative board, and now they're consi it's considered like a little bit more moderate. Mm. Um, but what do you guys think of this? Mm. When do you remember when Newburgh first did that? We don't no gay fl no rainbow flags no BLM posters. Do you remember when was that like a year ago, two years ago, year and a half ago? It seems like fairly yeah, recent, but it, not super recent. Yeah, it's, I get 2021. 2020, so, yeah. I think that what we're seeing now is going to be a new blueprint. Because when that hap when that first went through, that was, I mean, Gagarella for reals. Like, we were all, what? How? And what? Um, so I think that what played out here is also going to play out across the nation as people like bounce out of that. You, you think so? Mm. You think, because I feel like I just keep seeing the opposite. I'm hoping, mm. but I do. It, it made me proud of Oregon for sure. For sure, for you sure. Know? Because well, people will say Oregon is one way and people will say that Oregon is the other way. And I think it's, I know Florida to be like super fucking gay. 
that state's gay mm-hmm. as fuck. And it's also very diverse. That state's not going to fucking stand for what's going on. Like, people are already in the streets. People are already um, direct actioning the fuck out of that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like they were here. So I kind of think it's, you know, the pendulum swings. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Julia? Yeah, you know, I think what's strange about it is just realizing how accustomed we are to having a divide in politics, regardless of what we're talking about. Like we're talking about a school board and we're still pushing this agenda of like conservative versus progressive. And we're talking about the kids. Like we just, Mm -hmm. our end goal is to create a healthy environment for children to learn and to grow. Um, Since when did it involve so much of this and that? Um, Speaking specifically to officially nonpartisan board. So that idea itself really trips me up. Um, and mm-hmm. I appreciate, Brianna, your perspective of it being a little bit more hopeful. I didn't really take it that way, but um, I could see that happening. I mean, it, it, what the reason it happened in Oregon was because the students made such an uproar, you know, like in uh, Canby and Newburgh, you know, if you Google images, they're out there with BLM flags mm-hmm. with like, you know, pride flags. Yeah. And they're just like, we don't want this. This is not what we want in the school. Yeah. Teachers were joining them. Like it was just like, because it was like, again, it should be a nonpartisan school exactly. board. So the school board was dictating how the kids were going to learn what mm-hmm. they were going to learn. And that's not really what a school board should be doing. Exactly. The school board has people like, I own a winery, <laughs> which by the way, was one... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I, I'm i retired from lawn care. You know, it's like that is the school board mm-hmm. that that was elected. And it's like, you sh- they should, wh- why are you telling us that we can't read this book? Mm-hmm. You know? Another thing I was saying, too, looking at the story was a lot of community members just having this, like, sigh of relief of, oh, okay, great. We're not going to be in the news anymore. We're just over it. <laughs> yeah. And that's just, like, We're going to stop looking to like clowns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you think, I mean, seriously, right? I mean, Newburgh is just so you know, like a a small community. I know people from Newburgh and they are the most left leaning, like totally right. You, I mm-hmm. I'm not it's not like you go to Newburgh and it's like a different, you know, mm. state and a different, you know, political field. No, no, it is still gay. It is still, <laughs> you know, there there are people of color who work there, especially in Newburgh, because there's it's a big wine country. Mm-hmm. So there's actually an immigrant population. Mm-hmm. Like Newburgh is diverse in in its in its way, you know. So I don't understand how this small faction kind of took over the narrative of mm-hmm. who this town is. And so I'm, I, I agree with you, Julie. I'm sure that a lot of them are just like, oh, phew. Yeah. But also like wine country and winemakers, I thought you were cool. And <laughs> I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed. That's all. They're disinvited to the barbecue. <laughs> we're drinking White Claw. <laughs> so Every, now everyone's punished. <laughs> it's just how everyone loses. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much uh, for hanging out with us, Brianna and Julia. As always, thank you for joining the party. I love it when you when you join us on the mic. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for having me again. Love it. It's always a kiki. It's always fun. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. Our lead producer is John Atariani. Our audio producer is Julia Fioni. Our newsletter editor is Rachel Monahan, and our host is me, Claudia Meza. Special thanks to roving producers Noah Snyderman and Natalie Rivera. Original music by Jenny Conley and Steven Drizos. Additional music by Epidemic Sound. We'll be back Monday morning with more from around the city. 
Until then, see you at Slim's.